You're listening to a podcast by Lance Lambert Ministries. For more information on this ministry, visit lancelambert.org. How can we hear the voice of the Lord? In this episode, Lance speaks about the voice of the shepherd and how the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Let's listen. John chapter 10 verse 4 When he had put forth all his own that is the Lord Jesus when he had put forth all his own he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Verse 16, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall become one flock, one shepherd. And verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. One of the most common problems amongst those who love and know the Lord Jesus is this question of hearing the voice of the Lord. Um, I suppose um, it is a problem that I particular hear more of than perhaps you do because people again and again are coming to us with problems about guidance. Should they take this job? Should they take that job? Should they move to this area or should they move to that area? Is this the course of action that they should take or is that the course of action? Sometimes it's only smaller things, things to do Uh, with jobs and with homes and with location and so on. Sometimes it's very big matters. Sometimes someone wants to know whether really they ought to go to the other side of the world to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes it involves the whole course of a person's life. Should this be their career or that be their career? And this whole question of guidance is one of the most problematic uh, subjects uh, amongst Christians. And I suppose more than anything else, it is uh, one of the most common things that um, are brought up uh, by children of God. And it all really goes back to hearing the voice of the Lord. And that's why this morning I want to speak very simply about the voice of the Lord. Because, um, you see, many of us have some very strange notions as to what really is the voice of the Lord. Perhaps I will not say many, I should say some uh, have uh, some very strange notions about the voice of the Lord. In verse 4, the Lord Jesus said, When he has put forth all his own, he goeth before them, 
and the sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? They follow him because they know his voice. Now here is a wonderful promise. The Lord Jesus says that he, when he puts forth his own, now the shepherd, you see, often in the east, um, because the weather uh, in the Middle East anyway doesn't drop, generally speaking, to uh, freezing point, um, the flocks are brought into a common fold. We often used to see them in Egypt. They're just a kind of mud brick uh, uh, four walls with a little aperture, a U-shaped aperture, and um, a, a number of flocks perhaps as many as four or five different flocks were brought in together and all mixed up together in the one fold. And then, you see, the um, shepherd had the job in the morning of sorting out his own flock. And they used to go out uh, group by group, where we used to be in Abra Square, sometimes we saw it. As um, flock after flock went out, we, couldn't, we always marveled as to why the shepherds never got their flocks mixed up. Somehow or other, they always sorted out this bunch of sheep and goats who all looked very much the same uh, to an onlooker. Somehow or other, uh, they went out uh, uh, in order. First one flock went out and he stood at the, the door and gradually his own sheep sorted themselves out and out they went. And he just spoke, that's all. Sometimes they have a whistle. Sometimes they have a call. Uh, it is said by the rabbis that in the days of our Lord, the shepherd always called his own name. Didn't call their names. It's a common idea that he sort of said, now Billy and Morty and Aggie, come on out. Of course, the Lord knows us all by name. But uh, it wasn't the way the shepherd got the flock out. Often he had a special noise or a special call or a special whistle and all his own sorted them out. But the rabbi said sometimes he used to call his own name. And as he called his own name again and again and again and again and again and again and again, so all his own sheep sorted themselves out from the rest and went out. And of course we are, we are called by the name of Jesus. This is the way we are sorted out from the world. We know the value of the name of Jesus. We know the authority of the name of Jesus. We know the salvation which is in the name of Jesus. We are people of the name. However, we mustn't digress. He puts his sheep up forth. And as he stands in the, in the opening of the fold, and as he puts them forth, when they're all waiting obediently, as it were, outside, then he goes from behind them and takes his place in front of them. And so he starts to move off. And the sheep, the whole flock, follow him as he moves off. You see, they know his voice. And the Lord's point here is that if, um, if someone else stood in the door and tried to say something to imitate the shepherd, the sheep wouldn't bother. They would all stay put because they didn't know the voice of a stranger. They only knew their own beloved voice of their shepherd. And it was that tone that particular voice, that particular call that they uh, could distinguish from the others and only when he called. Now, this is so. For when you have a number of flocks mixed up, that the, the fact is, as I've already pointed out, they never, stray sheep never get mixed up in different flocks. 
the Bedouin shepherds of the desert are far too canny uh, to put their flocks together if they thought there was any chance of losing even a lamb uh, to another shepherd. They're far too canny for that. They know that the sheep have got an idea as to who is their shepherd and therefore each shepherd can stand in the door one after another and see their own flock through. Now the Lord Jesus gave this wonderful parable, this wonderful story about himself and ourselves and really it's all to do with guidance, yes not just guidance in the sense of whether we should do this or whether we should do that but being led of the Lord, being provided for by the Lord, being cared for by the Lord. All these things come into this matter of um, hearing and knowing his voice. So I want you to note first the necessity, the importance and value of hearing his voice. I do not doubt that all our troubles come in the end from a failure to distinguish the Lord's voice from other voices. The failure perhaps to listen for the Lord's voice. The failure to really know the Lord uh, when he speaks. Now, we've got it again in this chapter. Look at verse 3. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth, his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Now verse 5. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Um, it is absolutely necessary for you and me, as children of God, to know the Lord's voice. There are many voices many voices. There is the voice of self and sometimes many of us we, di we fail to distinguish the voice of self from the voice of the Lord. And many Christians got into hot water and real trouble through listening to their own self and thinking that that is the, law, the voice of the Lord. Yes, there's the voice of self, and the voice of self can be so deceitful, especially when we particularly want to do something. Other times people have come to me and told me what the Lord wants them to do. And it's been proved later that it wasn't the Lord at all. It was himself. Uh, then again, there's the voice of others, other Christians. Some of us, you know, we are we've got, I'll come to it in a moment, we're so somehow convinced that the Lord wouldn't speak to me that we tend to have voices trained to listen to the slightest uh, inference or implication in the voices of other Christians as to what you should do. Of course, I'm not saying that it's wrong to have fellowship. Fellowship's very important in this whole matter of discerning and trying the spirits, whether they be of God. But you know, we can, we can have ears that listen to others, and then we do what we think 
uh, they think is the Lord's will for us. And of course a bit later when we get into trouble, uh, we, uh, well, we can't understand it. We, uh, we wonder whether the people we've listened to, whether they're really so guided of God. Of course, um, again, we can listen to the voices of others. Of course, sometimes the Lord's voice can be heard in the voice of others. But you see, you've got to learn to distinguish. Sometimes the voice of others, the most godly people, can put us on the wrong track. Sometimes. And then, of course, there's the voices of the world. Well, of course, we all know the voices of the world. Uh, they're there all the time. And uh, we can hear the voices at work. We can hear the voices if we live in an unsaved home. At home, we can uh, hear the voices uh, all, all the time, in all kinds of ways. We hear the voices of the world. And, of course, there's the voice of Satan himself lies behind everything that would deviate us uh, from uh, the Lord's path. But the important thing is to know the voice of the Lord. It's absolutely necessary, absolutely important in the Christian life to learn from the beginning to distinguish the voice of the Lord. You know, the Song of Solomon is a wonderful um, explanation, interpretation of the heart's desire of God for fellowship. I think sometimes there's so many of us, we're saved, we're children of God, and we're getting all the value we can in one sense out of the grace of God, and yet the Lord gets very little out of us. For the Lord not only wants us to hear his voice, he not only wants us to, to, to speak to him, but he wants us to hear his voice so that there should be communion. And this is what the Song of Solomon, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon is all about. This intimate, real and genuine heart communion that there ought to be between the Lord and his child. And uh, you'll see it all comes back to this question of the voice of the Lord. Now, the second thing I just want to underline is how do we hear his voice? And this is the crux of the matter. How do we hear his voice? Now, let me be very, very childish almost uh, this morning. Um, the, law, uh, the Lord's voice is not a physical voice and is not heard in a physical way, normally. I say that because, in fact, there's no doubt at all that the Lord has spoken in what amounts to a physical voice to certain people. I've had an experience myself, which I've proved to be of God, and I know others who have had such an experience. You can't just laugh at it, and you can't just say that it's hallucination. Uh, if you explore it, in some cases it could be hallucination, but in many cases when you really do explore and investigate, you discover there is something you cannot explain. The Lord does sometimes, for reasons known to himself, speak to us in an absolutely clear-cut physical way. But normally the Lord does not speak to us like that. How do we hear his voice? Well, now, how, do you, how are you hearing my voice now? I'll tell you. You have a little organ 
in your ear which is specially created to receive certain sound waves and transmit what it receives to the brain so that you are not hearing, I trust, a jumble of sounds this morning but every word that I am speaking is being translated immediately in that little organ in your ear, what we call the ear, up into your brain and is making sense. <laughs> you understand the words anyway, if not what lies behind them. Um, you see, you have an organ. Now when anything happens to that organ, that eardrum, when anything happens to it, we lose our sense of hearing. It become, we become deaf, or we become, we become partially deaf, or we become stone deaf, <coughs> so that we can't hear anything. Some things happen. Now, when a person can't hear anything at all, it's not that the sounds are not there, they're all there. But the little organ specially created to receive those sound waves has stopped functioning. Do you understand? Now, in fact, through this room, there are all kinds of voices and sounds going through this room, which if we had a transistor radio, we could turn on, much to the horror, I'm sure, of all, um, but if we could turn on, and suddenly, those things going through the room would be transmitted into sounds we would understand. They're here in the room. Uh, if this was television time, of course, pictures are being thrown through this room as well. Uh, but you and I can't see them because we haven't got the set, the thing that's necessary for, for as it were, transmitting them to us. <laughs> now, you and I have got a physical organ of hearing, but in our spirit, we have also something which corresponds completely to the physical organ of hearing. Now, this is why the Lord Jesus, let's turn to Revelation chapter 1, uh, chapter 2. The Lord Jesus, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Verse 11, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Again, verse 17, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. When I was first saved, I used to think that the Lord Jesus was being a little bit sarcastic, actually, uh, here, and saying, well, um, if you've only got one ear, if you've only got one ear, listen with it. See? But I've since come to realize that the Lord Jesus wasn't just... Uh, um, being sarcastic here at all. What in fact he was trying to point out was that we have not ears but a spiritual organ, a spiritual ear, not twofold but it's one thing, in our spirit specially created by God there for hearing the voice of God. Now this is not silly. It's absolutely logical and rational. If we have a body which has physical organs, if we have a soul which has um, soulish organs, then we have a spirit also which has organs adapted for spiritual life. My physical body is adapted for physical life. 
I have teeth and I have a mouth which can bite into an apple and eat it. It's adapted to keeping me alive. But I have something in my spirit also which is adapted to keeping me spiritually alive, that I may spiritually feed upon God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How can you taste and see that the Lord is good? You can't do it with these teeth or with this tongue. You can't adjust with what's uh, our soul, but you do it with the spirit. And so in our spirit there is an organ of hearing. And this organ, this spiritual organ of hearing, is especially created and adapted to picking up spiritual sounds. <laughs> I can't put it any other way. Um, and the Lord Jesus again and again used this. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Now, my dear friends, the Spirit has not got a body. And the Holy Spirit of God has not got a soul. The Spirit of God is spirit. He hasn't got a mouth. He hasn't got a tongue. His voice is a spiritual voice. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Now it doesn't mean that because the Holy Spirit hasn't got a mouth like mine, hasn't got organs like mine that you can see, he cannot speak. Of course he speaks. But he speaks in a spiritual way, using spiritual organs. And in the same way, in your being, there is a spirit that is adapted to understand what the spirit says. Now, uh, I believe this is very, very important. If you look at um, uh, Hebrews and chapter 5, Verse 12, we read this. Uh, verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard of interpretation, seeing ye have become dull of hearing. Well, does he mean that through old age they're losing their hearing? What does the writer of the Hebrews mean here? Ye are dull of hearing. I tell you what he means. He means that spiritually something's happened to their spiritual organ of hearing. For, he says, when by reason of the time you ought to be teachers, yet need again that someone teach you the rudiments of the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as of need of milk and not of solid food. For every one that partaketh of milk is without experience of the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for full-grown men, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, these spiritual senses have got to be exercised. They've got to be exercised. If they're not exercised, well, we become dull of hearing. Uh, it's just like a muscle in the arm. You know, when a person lies in bed, for a few months, uh, unless they're exercised daily, the muscles of their legs become so weak that when an older person, it's sometimes impossible for them hardly to walk again. You've got to exercise things if you're going to keep them going. Now, uh, in 1 Timothy and 4 and verse 7, we read this. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself in godliness. 
exercise thyself in godliness. Well, now, my dear friends, really, we have all by spiritual birth, if we're born again, we all have a spiritual organ of hearing, amongst other spiritual organs. We have the spiritual organ of hearing. And the whole business is to learn to use it. That's all. Learn to use it. How did you learn your mother's voice from other voices? Because you heard it again and again and you knew that voice meant food, care, love and protection. And you sort of began to think that any other voice, uh, uh, well, it didn't mean. But do you know how quickly when you were a little child, and I've noted it by observation amongst others since, that how quickly they distinguish voices of those who don't pamper and uh, do anything with those who sort of run around and they can get anything out of. Children are very quick to distinguish, even as babes, voices of those who will really be very loving and very kind and, and they can get anything they want out of. We learn it by distinguishing. You know, some children, they only have to hear a voice and they start to wail. And they only have to hear another voice and they start to gurgle. Uh, you see, they, at that early age, they've learned to distinguish a voice. They don't understand what's being said, but they know who's the voice is. Now, my dear uh, friend, I don't know how old you are in the Lord. You may be very, very young in the Lord, but you can early learn to distinguish the voice of the Lord from other voices, even though you can't understand what he's saying. You, can, you know inwardly that's the Lord, and that isn't. And that's how we've got to but we've got to exercise these things. We've got to learn to grow up in these ways. You remember the Lord said to the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9. Um, uh, no, not chapter 9, chapter 6. Um, he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. Verse 10. It says, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. Isn't that interesting? The prophet's told to go and speak to them and they shall hear and yet they shall not hear. They shall see and yet they shall not see. In other words, you can hear with your physical hearing and with your mental hearing, if you like, and yet spiritually be absolutely deaf. Well, now, we've said, uh, I think, a little bit about how we hear that voice. That voice is not a physical voice. It doesn't use physical tones. But it is as genuine and as real as my voice this morning. Just because it cannot be heard with this ear doesn't mean to say that it's not real. And if we're a child of God, the common, ordinary, and logical thing is that we should begin to hear the voice of the Lord. We should be able to hear it, learn to understand it. We should be able to have communion with the Lord. I know one old saint, and I never could get over this old lady when I was first saved, for she conducted a conversation, because some people would say it was hallucination, I suppose. But um, uh, all I can say is that she got some remarkable things out of hallucination. For she used to conduct a proper little conversation with the Lord, and she would say to me, I said to the Lord, so and so and so and so, and what do you think he said to me? So and so and so and so and so and so. And I said, but surely it can't be like that, Lord. 
what about such a and he said well it's like this many of you know that old lady but uh, I mean um, she is a remarkable old lady and she was the first one no minister but she was the first one that put me on the path of a really inward knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, many of the other Christians used to think she was a crank uh, they used to say well she's rather poetic you know and so on but in fact she knew the Lord and uh, she got insight and uh, into his word that uh, many of the others who were up in the pulpit hadn't got because she knew how to commune with the Lord about some of the problems in scripture and I learned one or two things about Isaiah from her and, and Zephaniah and a few others that I never read in any book I, only, I believe that they're right, they seem to be however we digress the point is that the Lord has a voice, obviously, and he has given us a spiritual organ whereby we may hear that voice. Now, I would also, just in closing, like to ask, well then, what are the reasons for not hearing the voice of the Lord? I mean, it's so, it's so amazing that so many of us don't really hear the voice of the Lord. But I want to suggest one or two uh, reasons why we don't hear. I'm going to make it personal. I'm going to suggest one or two reasons why you don't hear the voice of the Lord. Why I don't at times. The first is, I think we're listening with the wrong ear. Quite simple. If we're listening with the wrong ear, we won't hear the voice of the Lord. Many brothers in particular tell me they've never heard the voice of the Lord. Well, I suggest it's because they're listening with the wrong ear. It's as simple as that. They expect physical tones, they expect a physical voice, and they're all the time waiting for this tremendous visitation from on high, which they will go on waiting, I am quite sure, till the Lord does visit them and takes them to be with himself. <laughs> um, but they'll never hear uh, the voice of the Lord in that way. They're listening with the wrong ear. They are oblivious to the fact that within them there is the right ear. And they are, as it were, bypassing the right ear and listening with the wrong ear. Therefore, they naturally don't hear the voice of the Lord. And when they hear other people speaking about the voice of the Lord, they look aghast. Secondly, I would say, there another reason is that we uh, are listening to the wrong voice. Um... I think some of us have got our ears well and truly clamped uh, upon the wrong source. Uh, we're either so busy listening to what other Christians feel or say uh, that we have no life with the Lord. We don't listen uh, to his, for his voice. Or it may be that we're so self-centered or so self-important that we have only an ear for ourselves. And we gloss it all up and say that that's the, this is where damage is done to this whole matter of hearing the voice of the Lord. People go around glibly saying, the Lord said to me, the Lord said this, the Lord said that, the Lord never said anything of the kind. Taking the name of the Lord in vain. The Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. It's a very serious thing to take the Lord's name. And it does such dishonor to the Lord. It stumbles young ones in the faith. It unhinges some who are older. 
as well. It's, it's a dangerous thing. Of course, all of us make mistakes. That's the whole point. I mean, we, we, we sometimes do say, the Lord showed me this and that, and later on we find the Lord didn't. And all we can do is to admit it humbly. Well, we're none of us infallible. There are far too many popes uh, amongst Christians. Far too many. They're absolutely infallible. And uh, once they've said that the Lord said so-and-so and so-and-so, so, they can never admit that they've made a mistake on it. I don't know why. They seem to feel that if they should admit such a thing, they'll lose their salvation altogether. Anyway, listening to the wrong voice is another reason. Another reason I'd just like to give very briefly is the firm belief in some of us that the Lord would never speak to us anyway. Um, there are some who have said to me when I said, well, now look, they've come to me, you ask the Lord, and they've so hesitated and then said to me, I just don't think the Lord would ever speak to me. When I was a little boy, I suffered a lot from deafness. Um, I had a strange complaint, um, uh, which I won't go into, but it was a strange complaint in the year, uh, which produced a dry wax. And uh, uh, when I was a little boy, I couldn't hear often uh, properly. And uh, my grandmother, dear old uh, thing. She um, she was very suspicious uh, of this. She was the one who taught me to see the specialist. She was very, very suspicious, so was the specialist to begin with. And when we got home, I, I never heard what she was saying, but so she tested it out. And she talked away and I didn't listen, didn't hear her. And then, um, and then she said, all of a sudden, she said very quietly, would you like some apple pie? And I immediately, I've never forgotten this, I was only a little boy, six or seven, I perked up straight away and said, oh yes please, well she, that's very funny, you never heard anything that went before all that, you see, and um, I was sort of found out, the reason was that I had got dry wax, they discovered that, later. but the reason was that I had a little capacity, which I still got today, that when I don't want to hear what people are saying, I sink into myself, and I just don't hear just don't hear. Do you know that we were told later that some people become permanently deaf psychologically because when they're children they don't want to hear and they train themselves not to hear and in the end they don't. They become deaf. It's an amazing fact. And you know this is a spiritual thing as well often. Sometimes we're just, uh, we're just not listening. We've got a firm belief that anyway um, the Lord wouldn't speak to us. And uh, the result is that, no, we never hear the voice of the Lord. We've got to believe. Faith is the necessary prerequisite of hearing the voice of the Lord. If there's no real faith there, that the spiritual organ is not even open to the voice of the Lord. Well, I, I think I must end. But there are other reasons I would suggest sometimes we're too far away from the Lord. We're too far away from him, of course we won't hear his voice. Uh, the, the sheep have got to stay near the shepherd. They've got to stay near enough to hear what he's saying and so on. And you know, it's a very true thing that in the East, it's the stragglers on the outside uh, of the sheep, of the flock, that get caught and killed. Those who press nearest to the shepherd in the center of the flock are the safest. Always the lesson. Well, we could say so much more. We could talk about the cross and the spirit. The cross removes one kind of ear that can't hear the voice of the Lord. And the spirit brings in another kind of ear which can hear what the Lord is saying. We could talk about many other matters as well. But here are just a few things that may set you on the path of really inquiring of the Lord.
if you've got your spiritual hearing impaired, may the Lord help you to discover the reason and get it put right. May you know the voice of the Good Shepherd. May you know the deep, deep love of Jesus. Oh